What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to talk all things LSU with our buddy Carter, the Power Bryant, host of the Power Hour LSU as the Tigers. Big loss at quarterback, Brian Kelly, the new regime. They got a lot of work to do here in these next couple weeks, but are they even going to have a quarterback for the bowl game? We'll discuss that with Carter. Also, first team All-SEC team was announced. We'll go through some of those names and much, much more. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's show is brought to you by On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or just search Super Bowl on location. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Let's jump right into it. Let's welcome in our special guest, our buddy Cow- uh, Carter the Power Bryant, host of the Power Hour LSU. Of course, you can find that on YouTube. Carter, what's going on, man? Gordy, yeah, I mean, you've been covering all the SEC a long time. I just want to ask you a question. Is there a more chaotic university in the Southeastern Conference than the Louisiana State University Tigers of Baton Rouge. Well, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, you know, Florida's had their fair share as of late. Auburn has had their fair share of debacles and stuff. But, yeah, it feels like LSU, like, you know, I rotate with a lot of our different guys who are my go-to source for different schools. And I feel like, Carter, you've been more – you've been on this show more often than not lately because of – all the stuff going on with LSU. Uh, let's start with the news that came out just the other day that Max Johnson, quarterback for LSU, been the starter majority of the year. Of course, he was supposed to be the backup. When you go back to Miles Brennan was supposed to be the starter. But we find out midseason Miles Brennan is entering the transfer portal. And now we hear starting quarterback Max, Max Johnson is entering the transfer portal. Uh, what did you make of the news? One, and then two, where does this leave LSU for a bowl game? Yeah, so Chris, this is very important for all of us SEC fans, right? So I listen to your show. I keep up with the rest of the SEC. But of course, I mostly focus on LSU, right? And oftentimes, our perceptions of certain players come from tweets or just highlights or whatever, right? So from a bird's eye view, you look at Max Johnson's basic statistics, such as yards, touchdowns, interceptions, he looks really good. Like, Max looks incredible even when you look at 27 touchdowns to six interceptions. And his final throw was the dime of all dimes to Jare Jenkins to beat Texas A&M. But this is where you have to dive a little bit deeper, where you look at Max Johnson and all the missed throws that he makes during the course of the game the low QBR percentages, which once again is an ESPN stat that grades your performance one to 100. If you actually look at QBR, Max Johnson was 10th in the SEC in QBR, 10th. And he was probably, last I checked, 
last place in the SEC West. So Max Johnson, a quarterback that a lot of people liked going into the season, there are a lot of different ways you can defend this man because Max Johnson had inconsistent play calling, had inconsistent pass protection. He did lose Kayshawn Butte, the best wide receiver in the country, midway through the season. All those things are very important whenever you uh, criticize or even praise Max Johnson. But the bottom line, Gordy, is when you look at Max Johnson's play, he just missed too many throws. His mechanics were just all over the place. Now, this is the fascinating thing for your lovely Locked On SEC viewers, listeners. Chris, is that this doesn't mean that this is a good thing for LSU. Even though Max isn't the most ideal quarterback, now LSU, with once again, hopefully they have a contingency plan as far as the transfer portal is concerned. LSU is left with only one scholarship quarterback currently on the roster. And because of some silly redshirt move, LSU was trying to play with Garrett Nussmeyer. LSU is looking at a situation here, Gordy, where going into this bowl game versus Kansas State on January 4th, they will be starting a walk-on quarterback unless something changes with Garrett Nussmeyer. Yeah, it's it's quite a uh, it's quite a quandary that LSU fi- finds them in, and uh, you know I think I look at it as Garrett Nussmeyer. They, they, he sat out the last two games. He didn't want to burn that red shirt. But if there's any time to burn a red shirt, it would be now that you're the guy. Like Max is gone. So if you're Nussmeyer, you want to play in this game. You want to give up that red shirt. Look, nobody stays four years anymore, right? If you're a good quarterback. If you're staying four years, it means you suck. Like it means you're you're just a good college uh, guy, but you're never going to make it to the pro level. If you're Garrett Nussmeyer, this is your chance to go show Brian Kelly and the new coaching staff, hey, I can be your guy next year. Let me go prove it. So if I had to guess, I would assume Garrett Nussmeyer would would want to play in this game. Absolutely, and I understand a lot of people would say that doesn't make sense. Just sit out one last game. It's just an exhibition. Well, first off. This whole redshirting situation was not handled well by the last regime. If you're the backup quarterback for any university, you are the second most important person on the team. Look at Texas A&M and their situation right now. You've got to be ready to play. And also, this is even more important, especially if you do follow college football as a whole. You are never guaranteed reps you are never guaranteed an opportunity when you initially go to your school anyway uh it's just a bottom line it's not a meritocracy when you get your opportunity to play you need to play how many times have we seen legendary transfer quarterbacks leave because they never got their opportunity at their initial school now garrett nussmeyer has that opportunity and once again if he wants to leave lsu I would totally understand him not playing this bowl game. But if you want to be the starter at LSU, I and Chris, this drives me nuts. This drives me absolutely insane. There's no rule that says you can only redshirt your freshman year. You can make up that year down the road if you do eventually get beat out anyway. Right. Uh, kind of like what happened with Miles Brennan. As a sophomore, the first year this rule was set in place in 2018, Miles Brennan only played one game and he was able to redshirt 
as a sophomore. So that's the funny thing about this whole redshirting situation is that you are not bound to only being redshirt your first year in your development. So if I were Garrett Nussmeyer, this is something I've been pounding the table on Power Hour LSU. Play. Play right now. Uh, just do it. You're never guaranteed this opportunity again, especially at a top university like LSU. Hang right there, Carter. I got plenty more I want to discuss, including his brother and what that means with the recruiting and National Signing Day coming up here in just a cu- in just another week. Uh, more with Carter Bryant right after this. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And a quick uh, reminder about our friends over at On Location. Look, if you want to kick things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. You select your exact seats, choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned pro NFL legends like Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, plus accommodations at five-star Los Angeles hotels, food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information, or just search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56, or search Super Bowl on location. Look, guys, this is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. If you want to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. They got visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com. Slash locked on NCAA. Head on over to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. They got special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Look, I guarantee you this is going to help improve your business if you're in a cloud and you can't see through it right now. Netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Along here, locked on SEC, and continue our conversation with our buddy Carter, the Power Brian uh, from Power Hour LSU, and we're talking a little bit about LSU and the fallout of uh, Max Johnson, quarterback entering the transfer portal, and one other piece of this, Carter, uh, Max Johnson's brother is considered by several of the recruiting sites as the best tight end in this recruiting class. Uh, if not, he's near the top. I got to think with the the early signing period a week away, Carter, this decision kind of went hand in hand, right? Because Jack wants to play with his brother, Max. And if Max, you know, is going to be leaving LSU, well, then it makes no sense for him to go to LSU. So I saw he's decommitted. Where does this leave the guys? We know their dad, Brad Johnson, played at Florida State. But do they start looking at maybe some other SEC schools? Where do you think this leads Max Johnson and his brother? Yeah, so first off, it is Jake Johnson. Oh, Jake, sorry. I know, I know you were saying Jack because you're, you're thinking banana pancakes. I, w- I was out. listening to that over the weekend, yeah. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> uh, man, no, uh, but look, you're right. Jake Johnson is just a phenomenal uh, recruit. He's a top 100 player. Uh, so, you know, it's not just that he's a great tight end. He's a really good 
um, if not elite route runner. And the funny thing about it is uh, our guy, Jack Johnson. Now you got me, Jake, Jake. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he he had a really good relationship with Walker Howard, the, the five-star quarterback coming in. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that Max and Jake make this decision. And this leads into obviously a deeper discussion about the early signing period because Jake wanted to sign early and early enroll. And I think that's part of the reason why Max Johnson didn't hang around and play his final game because they want to be a packaged deal. So once again, you know, the early signing period is just, you know, moving things a lot faster, not only for coaches now, but for players as well. And on top of that, of course, Deion Smith, one of the great wide receivers, a top 100 wide receiver, uh, also decided to hit the transfer portal because uh, he had a lot of injuries and he fell behind the other true freshman wide receivers that LSU brought in. If you are an Ole Miss fan or Mississippi State fan, uh, Deion Smith from the state of Mississippi, from Jackson, I could see him going to either one of those destinations. So this is what's really fascinating about recruiting now. Gordy, as you've talked about on this show, and you know we're all discussing this now, how much different the transfer portal changes everything. And not only with the transfer portal, but this new added rule where you can now sign up to seven transfers if you have seven transfers leave your program. So, Gordy, we are about to get recruiting on HGH. And I'm not talking about that light stuff. I'm talking about the Barry Bond <laughs> 700,000 home run HGH. That is what's going to happen here with these recruiting classes. And look, uh, Johnson's a, a big-time tight end, and Max Johnson, of course, is a serviceable quarterback. And Deion Smith is a big-time weapon for LSU. There's going to be some schools that are going to get some really talented and proven football players from LSU, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they end up. Yeah, and I've heard from our guys who host uh, Locked On uh, Ole Miss. They are uh, saying that that their hair rumblings that Deion Smith is, is definitely going to end up with Lane Kiffin at uh, Ole Miss, so that would be something to watch. We've heard Dylan Gabriel, the UCF quarterback, visiting right. Ole Miss. He could end up there, so... Yeah, the lane train could very quickly turn the page on the next chapter at Ole Miss if he gets those kind of guys, and the transfer portal is making it so much easier. Uh, let's talk, just to kind of cap off the LSU conversation, what does Brian Kelly do here? We, we've heard about he's kind of starting to assemble his staff. We know the big story a couple days ago, he lands Frank Wilson, former uh, recruiter of the year at LSU, brought in the likes of Leonard Fournette, Odell Beckham, all these big-time guys to LSU. He's now back as uh, Brian Kelly's assistant head coach and, you know, head of recruiting. How quickly can you get some of these kids in here with just a week left of the early signing period? Or does the focus kind of shift to let's do what we can now, but really February, the the second part of the signing period is, is where we need to shift our focus. Yeah. So for those that don't follow LSU too closely, the Frank Wilson hire is just unreal like they really needed to do something like that number one frank wilson you can make a strong case gordy is the best sec recruiter ever as far as a non-head coach or non-coordinator his five-year reign at lsu just those two names but also devin white jarvis landry anthony freak johnson and then he was also really good at getting three stars like foster moreau Deion jones so this guy knows New Orleans, this guy knows Louisiana, this guy knows how to scout, and his personal skills are just amazing. 
all those things are something Brian Kelly's not known for as far as some of his strengths, which is his knowledge of LSU. He can rub people the wrong way. So the way that that yin and yang kind of helps itself out with LSU's coaching staff right now is absolutely gigantic, especially as they're trying to assemble a recruiting class here. And on top of that, Gordy, I do feel LSU is in a better spot. I understand it doesn't look good right now. And I'm not just saying this because I am an LSU fan. Gordy, you know, I try and be as objective as I can in my LSU analysis. But one thing that's really going to help out LSU during this time period is that their 2021 class was really, really, really good. LSU landed on some real home runs in that cycle. Not only a five-star like Mason Smith, but a lower tier four star, a guy like Jack Besh, uh, because there were so many players in that cycle that hit already that will help out with this 2022 cycle if there is a downturn. So from a macro view, recruiting is going to take a hit. LSU is not going to have their normal top 10, top five class, which kind of stinks because we've seen what Texas A&M is doing in recruiting, which is, Pretty unprecedented right now. Alabama, we've seen what they've done in recruiting. But this is what's really fascinating, Gordon. And you look at this every day, and I took a a quick glimpse of this. There's a lot of SEC schools right now where their class is outside the top 25. Ole Miss is one of those. Mississippi State's one of those. So it is very interesting, Florida being another one of those right now, uh, how all these SEC schools are going to finish up in, in, in recruiting for this 2022 cycle could look a lot different than what we're used to. Carter, stay right there because when we come back, I want to get your thoughts on the first-team all-SEC selections. We'll hit on that next. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Question for you guys. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer is they have access to the right kitchen tools. With made-ins professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant-quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, you need to invest in your kitchen tools. Made-ins cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. Look, I tell you guys all the time, I got a made-in pan that me and my wife use for literally everything. It's one of those nonstick pans. You make scrambled eggs, guess what? Very little residue left on there, if anything at all. It is awesome. It's easy to wipe down very quickly, reuse. Uh, Made In is awesome. They produce professional quality cookware for those people who love to cook. They got 40,000 more uh, of more than 40,000 five-star reviews on their products. Made In, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order when you use the promo code Locked On. It's the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use our promo code Locked On. Get 15% off your first order. Of course, with the bowl season rolling along, BetOnline is the place to go. Your number one spot for all things sports action this bowl season. They got you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as we head to the playoff and, of course, all the bowl games out there. Head on over to their website. It's new. It's updated on your desktop or mobile device. You could sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive that bonus from bowl season to basketball season, college basketball, SEC season, all of that stuff. They got you covered at BetOnline. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON if you've never signed up before.
All right, final segment with our buddy Carter, the Power Bryant. Power Hour LSU is where you can find him, and uh, he's not talking just LSU. Of course, there's a lot to talk about with LSU right now, but Carter, let our listeners know uh, where they can find your show. Yeah, just type it in, Power Hour LSU on YouTube. We will uh, we do deep dives. We love to go really, really deep into what really matters when it comes to LSU football, and of course, we touch on some other SEC stuff as well, Chris Gordy, so it's a lot of fun. It really is. Well, speaking of other sec stuff let's take a look the all sec first team and second teams have been announced uh we'll we'll go in reverse order here let's start with the second team where you have matt corral chris rodriguez isaiah spiller john mechie wandell robinson jalen watermeyer i mean even just the offense alone you look at that and say man this could be the all sec first team because there's so many good caliber guys here matt corral could be a top 10 pick in next year's draft that's how crazy the talent here is but any big time omissions you think on on the uh, second team? Yeah, you know, I I I thought Neil Farrell of LSU was a really dominating defensive tackle, but I mean, I, if you were to ask me who would I take him or Fedarian Mathis, I, I would probably take uh, Fedarian Mathis, even though I am a big Neil Farrell fan. You know, as far as uh, the the second team is concerned, I honestly, you know, when when looking at this, I was a little bit shocked that Weidermeyer didn't end up being a first-teamer. I, I believe it was Brock Bowers that got the first-team Gordy. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, that that's up in the air. You, you can make a strong case of Weidermeyer is more important to his offense than Bowers is to Georgia. I'm fine with that, though, uh, as far as that is concerned. And then, obviously, Gordy, this is going to be the big debate. Should it have been Matt Corral or should it have been, obviously, Bryce Young, who's probably going to win the Heisman? You can make the same argument for Matt Corral. He means more to his offense than Bryce Young meant to Alabama's offense. I do think, Gordy, they made the right decision, uh, especially after the SEC championship game. I would have given the slight edge to Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, too. Um, you know, it, it is going to be addressing because he is going to be the the Heisman Trophy winner. And and so let's jump into it. Let's take a look at the uh, the all-SEC first team, uh, where we should have started. We start with uh, Bryce Young, at quarterback. Tyler Beatty, who, in my opinion, was one of just the most underrated guys in the SEC this year. Brian Robinson, Jr., very underrated. You know, when we think of the Najee Harris's and those kind of guys, maybe he wasn't on their level, but he was sneaky good. Um so I think Brian Robinson Jr. deserves that recognition. Jameson Williams, obviously great. Traylon Burks at Arkansas. Brock Bowers, again, wasn't even supposed to be the starting tight end at the start of the year with Georgia, but overachieved this year. And then the old line when you say Darian Kennard at Kentucky, Evan Neal, Alabama, Kenyon Green. I mean, it's just it's a list of guys that no-brainers. These guys are all first-team, all-SEC selections. Yeah, so this is I, – I do have a slight disagreement here. Obviously, Beatty's the best running back in the SEC, and I'm glad that they got that right uh, because sometimes, you know, when you don't have the name recognition and you don't play for a big brand, uh, you could be overshadowed. And Beatty, I mean, it would be hard to find him on any all-SEC first team. Even though Brian Robinson had some really good numbers, I, I'm just a big Chris Rodriguez guy. I probably would have gone C-Rod, but I'm fine with B-Rob there on first team. What, what's very interesting to me, Chris, is one of the most underrated storylines in the SEC was how good the defensive line play was. Obviously, DeMar Leal, we knew he was big time. Jordan Davis got a lot of headlines. 
But I'm going to make a controversial statement here, Gordy. I do feel Sam Williams was the best defensive lineman in the SEC this year. Um, you know, he just flashes on tape. He could play anywhere on the defensive line, and he's just very underrated. I know when we think Ole Miss, we think Lane Kiffin, we think offense, but number seven for Ole Miss is fa- just fantastic. And then obviously, you know, the best defensive lineman this year in college football. We call him a linebacker, edge defender, or whatever. Will Anderson is not only the best uh, defensive player in the SEC. To me, Chris Gordy, he's the best player in college football, period. And he was robbed. I understand. <laughs> uh, a lot of Alabama fans already know this, but I'm going to just say this from a non-Bama fan perspective. Will Anderson was the SEC player of the year. And uh, I understand Bryce Young. He plays the most important position. Totally get it. Well, real but- quick on the linebackers, because you mentioned Will Anderson. And every year when I look at the all-SEC first-team linebackers, all three guys, you go, yeah, all those guys are going to be studs in in at the next level. I mean, even last year, it was K.J. Britt and, you know, guys that you know are going to be good in, in, right. at the next level. Will Anderson, Kobe Dean, Damone Clark, clearly not just the three best linebackers in the SEC, but probably the country. Uh, were you surprised Kobe Dean won the Butkus Award over Damone Clark when you considered Damone Clark, you know, one of the leading tacklers in the country this year, leading the SEC in tackles? Not really, because obviously with postseason awards, name recognition means so much. And Kobe Dean was just on so many watch lists and you know it's hard on Georgia to put up big numbers because they rotate so heavily they're so deep and they're so dominant so some of Demon Clark's numbers were you know accumulation playing a lot of snaps not heavy rotation at linebacker where at Georgia you do see more rotation just overall uh but yes Clark's numbers were just so much better than Dean to where you kind of sort of have to give him the the award but once again, LSU has been the beneficiary of name recognition in the past, obviously winning the Thorpe with Grant Delpit, even though he was hurt uh, during portions of that famous 2019 run. I think it does bring into question, Gordy. We do need to reevaluate how we give out awards, how we vote for awards, because once again, Will Anderson ended up winning the best defensive player in college football. That's obviously a great consolation prize, but he should be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. And the same thing is true here. I do think Clark was robbed. I do think Clark deserved the award over Dean, but it doesn't shock me that the name recognition and Georgia being undefeated up to the SEC championship game, it it doesn't shock me that Dean ended up winning. And just a quick thought on the defensive backs on the all-SEC first team. You have Roger McCurry at Auburn, who you could argue was had the best year of any DBs in the SEC this year. Really good. He's going to be playing at the next level. Jordan Battle at Alabama at times had some really nice moments. Jalen Foster, who, my, like, is South Carolina new DBU? Because, like, every year they've got a stud uh, defensive uh. back. So, like, uh, you know, throw that out there. And Montaric Brown, I mean, all those guys at Arkansas, I thought, had their moments this year, especially – at the linebacker spot, but uh, I can't say much about that, but it is a little surprising. Like, it feels like Alabama every year feels like whoever their starting corners are should be, like, number one and number two on this list. Right. I'm fine with – I'm glad Buster Brown got his love. He had some really rough moments, but at the same time, he had a lot of targets thrown his way. So, you know, once again, you know, he just had so many picks this year. I'm fine with those DBs. Obviously, Jordan Battle, this wasn't – the absolute strongest season when it comes to defensive backs uh, in, in the SEC. But 
I'm I'm fine with that first team. Valus Jones, by the way, first team all purpose. I mean, doing it all for t- Tennessee and had a really nice year. And just to kind of cap off the the all SEC second team, we hit on the offense, but the defense, Fidarian Mathis on that list, Josh Paschal at Kentucky, Henry Toa Toa coming over from Tennessee, had a nice season at Alabama next to Will Anderson. Bumper Pool, Zacoby McLean, and then in the secondary highlighter by Jalen Armour Davis, Emmanuel Forbes. Can't go wrong with uh, a lot of those names in there. Yeah, and it's uh, obviously to me the big story here is how good Arkansas's linebackers were, right? You could have given it to Grant Morgan. You could have given it to uh, Henry, uh, but Bumper Pool was probably their best linebacker. So, yeah, I mean, I do think um, even though we are moving towards uh, an offensive world in college football and the yesteryear of the sec being about strong defenses while that has kind of continued i do feel gordy this year was a really strong year for individual defensive performances in this conference uh, which is crazy to think about because you know you had a lot of big time players get hurt uh derek singley got hurt eli riggs got hurt and that list goes on so it was a really good year for individual defensive performances and i do feel once again will anderson uh just robbed for that heisman and sam williams just very underrated he was so dominant this year for Ole miss yeah and i think we're gonna it's gonna be interesting the next couple weeks carter too i mean you're gonna have a lot of guys leave for the pros but i'm gonna be curious how many underclassmen decide to come back for another year who has left unfinished business in the sec it will be interesting to uh, see he is carter bryant follow him on twitter at Carter the Power, and of course, uh, Power Hour LSU on YouTube. Just search Power Hour LSU, and boom, there it is. That's all you got to do, man. And Gordy and I go way back to our days at Hodges Home, man. It was so much fun, man. And, it, and it's so much fun we get to do this. I mean, that that was the thing. We not only covered LSU, we loved all the SEC stadiums we got to go to, and and we just love this conference. And it's good seeing you thrive, and Let's keep it going. Let's go. SEC football. It's only going to get spicier, baby. We got the playoff. We got the signing period. We have all these Under Armour All-American games. And, Gordy, we're lucky, man. We're, we're lucky. We got the NFL draft. We got next season. We got new coaches. Let's go. Yeah, shout Let's out. Go. Shout out Vandy, but we're going to enjoy the other 13 SEC teams all in bowl <laughs> games over these next couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Carter, thanks for the time, man. Peace. All right, there he is. Carter, the power, Bryant of Power Hour LSU. Join us. Does a fantastic job. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On at SEC. We'll be back tomorrow for an all-new edition. And a quick reminder, thank you guys for making us your first listen. Now go make your second listen. Go check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Give you all the picks you need heading into this weekend of sports. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.